A lot of you are familiar with the DNA Project and have been rocking with us for a while, but some of you aren't. A lot of you are faithful listeners of the podcast, but aren't familiar with some of the other work that we do. So I just want to take a quick moment to explain to you a little bit more of what we do. So you're getting married, or you have a friend, a cousin, a sister, somebody you know is getting married. Okay. You've booked your venue, caterers, photographer, all that good stuff. When it comes to live music, most people have no idea where to look. We have you covered. Picture this. During the ceremony, while guests are being seated, or while the bride's walking down the aisle. During the cocktail hour, while guests are just mingling and having a good time. Don't forget about dinner music. That's very important to set the mood while guests eat. And we definitely can't forget the party. Let's get the party started right now with The DNA Project. www.thednaproject.ca for more information. Hello, bonjour, and wagwan. Thank you for listening to another episode of the DNA Airwaves. Today's episode is brought to you by the DNA Project, your entertainment agency. Please visit thednaproject.ca for more details. It's also brought to you by the MPL, Toronto's modular film and audio studio. Check out the-mpl.com for more details. Today's episode was just the three of us, myself, Anthony, and our sound engineer, Matt Kesselman. And today, we decided to pick Matt's brain to learn a little bit more about what goes on into making the music that we all enjoy. I was thoroughly surprised at some of the misconceptions that, you know, us as consumers make. It was really, really interesting to talk to him, and I think you'll enjoy it too. This is the DNA Airwaves. Check my check one two one two. I have a good knock knock joke. You want to hear it? Yeah. Go okay, you start. Knock knock. Who's there? Wait. What? Welcome to the <laughs> DNA. <Airways. laughs> oh, wow. I was like, wait a minute. That make no goddamn sense. <laughs> wait, what? What's the best knock knock joke you've ever heard? Knock knock. Knock knock. Maybe the Canuck. the KGB one Canuck. with Dwight. Knock. <laughs> I love at the end when Jim slaps him and he's like, this is true. They wait for no one. <laughs> there was a lot of shows that were, weren't were popular when they were on that got more popular after they were canceled. Oh, The Office was super popular. Yeah, during. But I mean, Arrested yeah, Development Canuck. was wasn't that popular until after. And Canuck. then they tried to bring it back and it didn't work. Yeah, it was too wordy, I think, for some people. Canuck. There was that comparison. Um, Arrested Development is a show about Dumb people for smart people, and the Big Bang Theory is a show about smart people for dumb people. Uh, That's why it worked out better. That's interesting. Yeah. Do you like the Big Bang Theory? Theory? Uh, No. Okay. Yeah. I. It's painful to watch. At at best, like maybe if you're like having a quick lunch. Even then, it's just like ugh. There's one guy that I thought was funny. Oh, what was his name? But he had the mom that he'd always yell at. His mom would always yell. Howard. 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 That's, oh, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> How was your weekend? It was actually good. It was uh, action-packed, except for that rain. I watched the UFC. Did you watch that at all? Mm-hmm. The fights? Are you, any of you guys UFC fans? No. I'm a big UFC fan. So there was three title fights, and that was pretty mm-hmm. impressive. It was really good fights. Street Jesus fought. I don't know if you guys know who Street Jesus is, but... Street Jesus? Yeah. Jorge Masvidal. I've seen Street Jesus yeah. with pamphlets. <laughs> wow. Out yeah. of Dundas Square. Yeah. <laughs> Street Jesus. <laughs> oh, boy. So, as we sit here today, on a Monday, I say, Matt, <laughs> why did you become a sound engineer? <laughs> 
So you're not going to answer my question? You're going to say your name first <laughs> and say hello. Oh, but they know who I am. They don't we go don't, back to episode okay, one. They, they, know. they know who you are. I'm Doriki, and that's Matt. Matt, say hello. Hello. And the other voice you already know, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm Anthony. All right. What's going on, gentlemen? How you doing? Uh, pretty good. Got a bit of a tan. How was your camping trip? Pretty bad. Oh, it boy. was filled with well if anybody's listening in the future this is the heart of the covid-19 pandemic and uh provincial provincial parks are uh, open now for those of you who are american that means states state parks um but it it was really janky like there was poison ivy everywhere yikes everywhere like in the middle of trails why does it, the province doesn't care about that shit I don't think... Well, you've working? been to a provincial park. Exactly. You can't work there if you're older than 15. <laughs> like It's, <laughs> it's, it's all children. Was, wow. It is young and, people. You're yeah, just students. and the bathrooms, there were not enough bathrooms. Oh, and man. a bunch of bathrooms were taped off, which just makes more of us go into the same bathrooms together. Yeah. Um, people did, oh, did wear masks everywhere, except for the locals. Like I walked into a Circle K, yeah. which is our... Max Seven Eleven, yeah, mm. <laughs> it replaced Max Milk, and yeah, right. nobody was wearing a mask. And I walked into a gas station; nobody was wearing a mask. There was nothing on the door saying, "Hey, there's a pandemic, oh, six wow. feet to nothing." People up there have no idea what's going on, and they look at us like we're crazy as they walk into their trucks that they don't use for truck work. Must be nice because it's not mandatory outside of the city of Toronto, correct? I guess it isn't, but not even a warning, nothing, mm. no sanitizer anywhere. Wow. Yeah, living the good life. Yeah, and weren't there like people in Muskoka, locals keying people's cars for coming up to their cottages and bringing the elements with them? <laughs> I have no idea. That's, That's nuts. Yeah, and and they don't even seem to be trying to protect themselves. Wow. I wonder how this is gonna sound to people in like five, ten years. What are they talking about? Yeah, what's COVID? COVID. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> COVID history is very deterministic when you look back. Mm. right they might be like are you guys nuts like it was very obvious what you need to do but right now it's not very clear yeah, people are fighting true. about yeah. the most basic stuff true it's a good point <sighs> but you didn't have a good time camping at all i had a good time because i went with good people mm. um and we got a massive tent there's i don't know why i'm tall ish uh, and regular tents are just too small for me. And now the, we got like a 15-person tent for the two of us. Wow. And Mansion. Yeah, yeah, we brought bikes, and we, we were like glamping. Nice. Nice. Garage and everything. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Inflatable mattress. Uh, flat screen TV. Flat screen air conditioning. TV. <laughs> PS5 pre-order. <laughs> Damn. How yeah. far was it from Toronto? Uh, two and a half hours west. Oh. Yeah. Okay. It was all right. Just it's just far like enough. it yeah. yeah, there was a, a thunderstorm and we had to hide in the car. Uh, was that Friday? Saturday. So um, you left the tent. It was that bad? Yeah. Well, at first we stayed in the tent and then we're like, we should Google whether this is safe. Because it was holding the rain fine. And you then it camping said, like, with your cell phones? Yeah, we weren't using them. <laughs> <laughs> it's better than just not having them if there's an emergency. What am I gonna ask the fifteen year olds for help? 
I mean, yeah. what did they do before cell phones? Yeah. Died. Okay, well, you're <laughs> no. taking your chances. In case of an emergency. You risk the elements, man. Yeah. That's what this is all about. Yeah, got to do it. Cell phone camping. Next time, throw your phone in the garbage. I can't believe this. It was in the car. It wasn't like I was... Yeah, the car that Instagram. you ran to for safety to make a call and check Google to see if it was safe to be in a tent. Would you rather I got electrocuted? I'd rather you came back with a better story than that. <laughs> I, it wasn't a good time, so there's no good story. There was. Did you guys order pizzas from the tent? <laughs> uh, other people did. We, really? That's insane. Yeah, we saw people ordering pizzas. Wow! People Why, don't even you know, know what? There's funny. there's different uses for everything, right? Just like there's different uses yeah, for music. Yeah, yeah. You can use music to just like get pumped, or you can True. use it to you know work out your brain, or you can use it uh, same way with camping, right? You can same, use it to like judge me, man yeah. up, and like to fucking just like <laughs> hike up mountains and you know rough it up and yeah. just make fire out of i don't know what do you make fire out of when you don't have sticks and google it <laughs> well i can't you won't let me and then there's and then there's just like i want to see some trees and i want to hear as many people true, that's true. what i went for and true. instead i got this janky dirty camp fair enough yeah so you wouldn't go back is what you're saying no ontario please figure out your camps wow put some adults there to run stuff Okay, so we all had really boring weekends. Now I we're think, back here. I think everybody listening probably had a pretty boring weekend, given the times. True. So, um, true. That's part of this year. It's just boredom. I hate that word. Boredom? Yeah, I didn't say I was bored. I just said I just worked. Mm. Why do you hate the word is boredom? Man. Yeah, I don't experience it much. Mm. It feels like a problem. Like, what's boredom to you? Uh, waiting for someone is boredom. Oh, so it's like idle time. So I think that's the same with me. I like to be productive or intentional with the time. Well, you can wait for someone and still be occupied. Yeah, you could be doing Especially things. with phones and books, yeah. other devices. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's true. I think bored is just when you have nothing to do and your thoughts are not entertaining. Yeah, there's no inspiration. There's just like a flat line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I try to avoid that at all costs. So since you guys can't see this, Durki is not very... Uh, pro with his mic and he needs constant nurturing from matt so matt has stood up again to readjust uh, that his was microphone. my fault for not locking it in very well that's what we're doing we're exposing each other it's now team player we could expose things on this platform if they happen in the moment okay you can't that's go in the past okay and you can't predict the future <laughs> i can predict the future but you make fun of me. That's what you're... <laughs> those are the rules what do you do when you're bored Dariki? Usually, during the state of boredom, nothing. <laughs> that's why you're bored. Yeah, that's why I'm bored. But uh, I try to find things to kill my time. You know what I use Especially lately? Yeah. Video games, books. books Video games yeah. was something I put down for a while and I picked up during COVID and was like, you know what? Let me like stick to one or two games and really try. And I've never beaten a video game. Ever. Never? Really? Never. Like uh, I from Mario Brothers. Oh, Honor. sorry, oh, wait. That's, oh, that's okay, you. I did me. Mario Three. Okay. Obviously. You had to as a man. If you didn't beat as Mario Three to become oh, a man. Yeah. I was not a man. <laughs> you never beat Mario Three? No, I would I, I old games I just not rage quit, but it's just like even as a kid I was like, This is not ready. This yeah. is not what games are supposed to be like. <laughs> oh, this you is just dumb. Knew there was more coming. Yeah, like I'll wait 10, 15 years that's until funny. there's a real story yeah, and yeah. some dimension going on and um 
<laughs> and you don't yeah. just like die and you lose everything and you have to start over. That like, hurts. Like yeah. I paid for this. Why are you torturing me? Especially in Nintendo <laughs> Mario hurt, Three, because yeah. there was no saving. So if you wanted to beat the game, you had to sit down and play that entire freaking game. That and then when saving game. came out and you had to buy for consoles special yeah, little memory cards. Yeah. And what do they have, like half a megabyte on them Not or something even, ridiculous? Yeah. So ridiculous. Good times. Good times. But mm. other than that, yeah. Video games, books, music. Oh, you know what I started doing is learning the keyboard as well. Piano. Yeah. I've been trying to uh, get better on the keyboard. Yeah, nice. now's a good time to pick up an instrument. Yeah, sure. I, I just have it set up in my, because I have we have more instruments at the studio than I can play comfortably. Mm. They're just here for the artist, so I have a reminder on my phone, like okay, practice guitar for thirty minutes, then practice drums, then do bass. Then and drums is your your best instrument, though, right? It is, but you can always be better. No, yeah, for sure. or at least yeah, stay in yeah. shape. Yeah, yeah. Do you play anything else other than bass? Uh, I play a little bit of keys. Started off on drums, wouldn't say I still play, but mm. yeah, keys is what I would work on most often if I'm not playing bass or learning songs. If you're listening and you don't play an instrument, now's the time. Yeah. Every instrument is available for, there There are affordable versions sure. of maybe not drums, those are a little pricey, but Everything you don't want else. that right now anyway. Yeah. You don't want a loud thing yeah, in your neighborhood. crazy. Grab a guitar, learn to play it. It'll make you And there's some free app apps and there's some paid apps, apps that do great really, teaching really great. online if you yeah. want real human beings. Exactly. Everybody's had that thought of like, oh, if I had more time, I'd yeah. do this and that. Yeah. Now, and now we really time. get to see who's going to use that time. And yeah, not. Exactly. absolutely. Because really it's, it's tempting action. to just get high and just sit down and play a video game or absolutely. whatever. And then time just goes by. that, actually, but... You don't condone smoking? <laughs> no, I, I can't. I don't feel the temptation. Is all. Well, you're, yeah, you're a different yeah. kind of person as we've established. Yeah, he's on a different frequency, but yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just, there's everybody, it's, it's not for everybody, that type of vibe. Some people are redlining all the time. Some people are, you know, yeah. Well, lining. not to mention also on top of, it's not just free time. It's very stressful. Mm. Right? Oh, yeah. So it's like free time, but People may not have jobs or right. yeah, may yeah. not be sure if they're going to have jobs for a while or they just can't stand their spouse anymore so when lot. they're at home or their girlfriends or their roommates or yeah. themselves. themselves. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Stress definitely hinders creativity and learning. So, And lifespan. Do oh, you find God. with the way you live your life to be high stress or is it still low stress? Very low stress. Because I prioritize. I know what things are, where they fall into place. I know what I'm in control of and what I can change and what I should expect. And when things happen, then you got to figure it out. So when you come across idle time, does that bother you? Does that like make you mad? Uh, it doesn't really make me mad. I usually just find a place for it. So even if I want to watch a movie, I don't just decide, oh, I'm going to watch a movie now. And to be honest, I have a little interesting setup for for years i had my uh my tv covered up mm. so i couldn't just switch it on i'd have to take a step and i went further now <laughs> now i have it so it's not plugged in i don't have power plugged into my television i don't have hdmi plugged into it so anything i want to do i need to plan it i'm going to say okay i'm going to watch tv or this is my time huh. and then i do that i connect it and then i watch something what made you put those safeguards in place because I have the opposite safeguards for things that I want to do. So I never plug my keyboard out because I want to be able to easily just press a button, amps on, keyboards on, mm -hmm. no cables. 
It helps me to want to practice. I leave my books in plain sight, some by my nightstand, computer desk. My bass even, I leave that. It's never, my main bass is never in the case. I leave mm-hmm. it on the stand, cables hanging off of it. So it's always just one step to get to the things I want to do. Yeah. And then multiple for the things I don't want. That's interesting. I like that idea. Sight, I like it a lot. You know? I just don't have the discipline to execute I don't the even TV know if it's, part. The discipline becomes yeah, easier do. by the process. Right. Yeah. So that's, those are my little life hacks, I guess. That's if for some reason you want to be a little more like me. That's how you do it. Did you like ha- feel that there was a problem with television, which is why you were like, I got to do something about it? The funny thing is I never had an issue. I've never had an issue with like binge watching. Mm-hmm. Um, but just because I know what it, it's, it's an option that can happen. It can take up my time right. without me really thinking about it. So I just like to be as much as possible intentional about what I do when I do it and just kind of have an idea, uh, a roadmap, I guess, for my days. And that's one of the things. I mean, your discipline, I've said it so many times, is next level. I just, I don't know many people that have the same type of mindset and discipline that you have, which is what's always been something admirable about you. But when did you develop this kind of like next level discipline? Because I don't remember you ever unplugging your TV or doing, I'm not saying this to like make fun of you. These are great ideas to try and like boost up productivity and trying to eliminate like idle time quote unquote but yeah, yeah but when did you start taking those kind of measures to ensure discipline and productivity good question i think i think over time i mean like i think i've always had relatively good habits mm-hmm. um and just in reflecting i know i self-reflect a lot like right. it's annoying the amount of time i spend actually not time like idle time or a waste of time, but I know I spend a lot of time just thinking about what leads to what, what choices have led to, you know, this place, mm-hmm. and then also what I can improve on. So over time, if you keep looking at yourself and trying to improve on habits, you kind of start to see, well, it feels like it's pretty good. It feels like nothing could be better, so mm-hmm. let me see how I could take this further. And one day I'll just wake up and be like, hey, maybe that's something I can do is eliminate this and, you know... So it wasn't really an intentional thing, but it was over time, I think, some of my habits just intensified. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So there wasn't a book or something that triggered this kind of response or something that no. happened? I actually got um, I got the summary of a book for my birthday, and it was Atomic Habits mm. by James Clear. Okay. It was just like the 25, 30-page summary. The reason I didn't get the book is because people that know me tend to know that I already... I already uh, kind of specialize. Uh, I put a lot of emphasis on my habits. Yeah. So it wasn't something that I was interested in reading, but mm-hmm. just kind of a flip through because some of my friends were reading the book. So just so I can, you know, kind of chime in. Yeah. But yeah, there wasn't like a book or any one specific thing. It's just, uh, it's just my annoying habit. A lot of them seem to be good as much as they drive me crazy in some ways. So they do drive you crazy, these like habits that you set up for yourself? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. They do. They can. They can for sure. Um, and you, but at the same time, you never see yourself just for the sake of your personal piece, not like, or scaling them down or no? No, because I'm also the type of guy, like if the TV's supposed to be plugged out, for instance, after I watch it and I leave it plugged in and I want to leave the house, I'm going to go back and plug it out and put the cables back before I can leave the house. Mm. So I have a little bit of a... A little bit of an issue. I might just lay on the couch if you could just let me 
continue the conversation. Yeah, we could do a full therapy session. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it's interesting because I've always wondered. I mean, I've I've definitely gotten a little bit better with my discipline in some aspects of my life, but I think yours is next level in a lot of facets as far as like your mindset is pretty pretty impressive just because I know Gift how hard you work. Yeah. Gift and a curse. So I could imagine. Are you uh, are you super disciplined as well? <clears throat> um I I like to I don't know if I'm the one that can gauge that. I I think I am. Mm-hmm. Well, there was um there's a quote I heard a few years ago that resonated resonated with me um about motivation. Because a lot of what you see on Instagram is motivational posts and all that, right? right? Yeah. Oh, and yeah. motivation is, I'm, I'm paraphrasing the quote, but motivation is fickle. It comes and goes. Uh, discipline is always there whether you like it or not. So yeah. I, I, we all know, including ourselves, people that are, are looking for that motivation to really, I hate that word, but grind. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah but yeah. it's not motivation. Go, what if you're depressed? Yeah. What if you're tired, right? Yeah. yeah. But discipline and I mean, the, an True. extreme version of that would be the military, right? It doesn't True. matter if you're tired or not; you just get up and do it. Yeah. So sure. it's really <laughs> about developing discipline instead of um, finding ways to make everything enjoyable for you. For sure. Which is something that I think all of us have struggled with. I think I'm I'm pretty good with that. I do have to admit that COVID has slowed some things down. Uh, we're all getting back to it, but there was that time of like. I guess like environmental depression for a little while, right? Where there's like you can't go anywhere, you can't do anything. Yeah. And it's like you have all this momentum and energy. And I think the three of us did with our jobs. And then it's like, well, ugh, I, I, we just have to sit here now. Yeah. Right. So it was a bit hard to to come out of that, but uh, it's good now. Yeah. I, I, I like to think that I get the job done. <laughs> you say you struggle with that, Dariki, but uh, I, I haven't seen you like miss a due date or anything. Yeah. No, I mean, I, it's not as bad as it was before, but I definitely let things slip between the cracks, even just for like going to the gym or physical exercise or reading a book. If I say I'm going to read, you know, X amount, mm-hmm. trying to stick to that sometimes is a little hard, but right. yeah, I, I'm getting better. And I don't beat myself up when I miss it anymore. I just, next day is another opportunity to be better, right? Yeah, that's the thing. A lot of people mm. start hating on themselves. Yeah. You're already you've already been punished by not getting the work done. Right. Right. You don't need to punish yourself again by just being mad at yourself. Mm-hmm. You just have to double up on the work. Exactly. Which sounds terrible to me, actually. Does that's it? Funny. Why the doubling up on the work part? Well, that's, like, that's that's the, the price you pay. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. 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 So, so this the karmic, fear of that is what yeah. drives you to not have yeah. to go. Oh, you know what's funny, actually. So, and this is a podcast, but I was really big on podcasts, listening for, not really for motivation, just sometimes inspiration, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. for like three years, about three years. Um, and recently, one of the things I was like, let me cut that. I stopped listening to podcasts about three weeks ago altogether, just because I found it was a part of my routine. Now I'm waking up in the morning um, and whether I'm doing like an early morning workout or whatever it is, I have a podcast going and I started to feel like I was relying on these people for that motivation. So I cut it just to see if I have that, make sure I have that in me still to uh, have the internal motivation over the external. Um, what kind of podcast? Uh, I'm definitely not going to give a plug to anybody at this point. No, no, point, what kind? But, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, different people. 
I guess I have to say it. Like comedy, inspiration, no, no, like people interviewing guests, mm-hmm. um, just people who are doing like really big things, making money, inspiring people like guests like uh, Simon Sinek, um, who are just doing really big things in the motivational space or even with the research. But just by hearing how some of these people are interacting, knowing that they've made it to the heights that they have in their careers was inspiration for me. Well, we're kind of circling back, right? Where you found that you need that motivation and that's not good fuel because that fuel runs out very Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it didn't run out, but I wanted to make sure what happens when I don't listen to this. Am I going to be like, oh crap, like if I have three weeks where I don't have that, is it something that's going to be lacking? So because mm-hmm. of that, I was like, let me just cut it right now and find it, make sure it's always coming from right. in me. Yeah. Discipline. It's all about process. Discipline. Trust yeah. the process. Don't give up on the process. Keep moving. That sounds motivational to me. The end. Amen. <laughs> it's done. So we had some questions for you about sound engineering. Oh, okay. Matt's a sound engineer, guys. Yeah, sorry. So if anyone who doesn't know, I guess, can we fix that? No, you just told him now. His name is Matt. He's a sound engineer. <laughs> so what... what uh? What made you want to get into that field in the first place? Wait, what is a sound engineer? It's a good question. Um, it's think of it like this: like an engineer for sound. Wow! All right, good <laughs> um, It's uh, a little, a little bit week. like um, I like to. This might sound pretentious. A, a music scientist. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because um, maybe that won't be how the future works but right now in order to get something recorded similarly to how it is to get something on film quote-unquote film to look like real life we've all like turned on our phone cameras and are like how come this doesn't look like real life on my phone well it's because there's a lot of art and science and primarily physics involved in in that so i was really interested There, there were things that i wanted to do sonically when i was making music with a band that I wanted to do that somehow seemed to be outside of the scope of what a musician can do, right? Mm-hmm. There yeah. were it, it was frustrating. There are sounds in our songs that we wanted to make, yeah. and we couldn't, right? Or at least we couldn't to make it sound like it did commercially or on the radio or in movies. Right, right. So we, I started exploring that out of pure necessity just for, for the band, and then I realized that, you know, this is, for me, as much fun as playing an instrument Mm. right is sort of pulling all these loose recordings in together and making something that sounds that that has that hollywood movie magic that's the best way i know to to refer to it so i really i really enjoy the mix of uh technical and artistic aspects okay and that's pretty much what a sound engineer is it's the guy pushing all those buttons in studios um, and yes, they all do things, and we do know what they do. <laughs> Each <laughs> most asked question when people walk in here: these are all real buttons with real functions. <laughs> Some are touch screens. Nice. What do you prefer? What do I prefer as, um, far, as far as consoles go? So, r- really quickly, a console is um, that device that you see in music videos and in photos and studios with all those big faders that people push up and down. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to demystify it, all it is is a way to process, like record, control the volume, maybe do some 
uh, treble bass changes on a more basic level yeah. process. Yeah. So you have your channel strip, let's say for your singer, you have a microphone and that goes through one channel. And then the next one is just the next microphone. And the next microphone and the next is basically the same device is repeated multiple times per however many microphones you have. Right. That's what a recording console is. It's nothing magical. Uh, it's just a mixer with a few other features. Um, and those were very important because that would be the only way to take all your different recordings from your tape machine and amalgamate them into a finished release. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. When when you buy a song, you don't buy all the tracks separately and then put them together yourself at home. That'd be cool. That That's fun. And there are places where you can get that, especially remix contests, if you want to listen to the tracks individually. Oh, okay. um, but yeah, that's the goal. And just like with SpaceX, where you can see that they realize, like everybody's realizing, um, we don't need these million. You've seen what um, Crew Dragon looks like, right? No. What's so Crew Dragon? Crew Dragon is SpaceX's new um, space vehicle huh. to get. You haven't heard about this? To no. get to the ISS. So, real quick, the uh, NASA discontinued the shuttle program. Yeah. Because it was too expensive. Um, and it was like raggedy and falling apart. We've seen Columbia yeah, yeah. explode, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the US has been renting seats on the Soyuz capsule from the Russians. Oh. So um, there have been no space launches from North America unless, I mean, except for satellites, right? No people have been launched to space. They, they would have to go to Baikonur, I believe, in, in Kazakhstan. Call in, maybe Uzbekistan, I think it's Kazakhstan, oh. and take off from there and also land there. Um, and now NASA actually made a con- signed a contract with SpaceX. That's uh, Elon Musk's Elon company. Musk's company to send astronauts to space Mm. so the crew dragon is the current vehicle that they're using um and you've seen what uh spaceships look like on the inside right there's buttons or like airplanes there's buttons everywhere and uh everything's glowing and shiny and now there's two or three touch screens and and a couple of buttons on the bottom and that's it wow because i mean same realization that we had in 2007 with the first iPhone, right? Um, we don't need those plastic keyboards on the bottom of our phone, right? They're static, they're big, they're useless. Why not make the whole phone a screen then, where it yeah, could display true. whatever you want it to display, right? So it's kind of the same idea with consoles. Sorry, that, that, that took a while. Um, so with consoles, I much prefer to have a big-ass screen hooked up to a powerful computer uh, so that I can just touch the software and manipulate it in any way that I like. And then the the mixing, all that stuff is done in the computer instead of with this big board, which in many ways is now obsolete. Mm, yeah. Makes sense. It's more fun that way. Yeah. Some people yeah. still love the buttons though, right? They do. A or lot the of people. There's, and there's faders. purists in it. Yeah, yeah. Some people yeah. are like, well, I need to feel my fingers on the faders. And yeah. to that, I say, how about you use your ears? Uh, some people say, well, that hurts console. somebody. No, it, yeah, I know. It hurts it's all with love. I enjoy consoles too. It's just that they're like a quarter million dollars. Yeah, I understand. And you well. get the exact. And some say, well, they sound different. And to that, that's, say? that's a whole argument. I mean, uh, Short, you know, short answer is no, they don't. There are ways a computer can sound like anything you want it to sound like, right? Basically, a, a lot of equipment in the studio used to be actual physical pieces of of metal, right? Of rack gear, and there'd be effects processors, 
And what has been going on lately is is um, software developers get a hand on, on these expensive units, take them apart, measure every component and the input and output electrically that goes through it, and just model it in the computer, mm. right? So this notion that analog has some secret warmth to it, it's, I feel like for a lot of people it's, I'm going to get in trouble for this. I yeah. feel like for, for a lot of people it's a bit of, um, they, they can't get the sound that they want and they think mm-hmm. that it's because they're lacking certain equipment. Yikes. When that's not yeah. the case. We're going to get some emails now rebutting this for sure. Hello. Are, <laughs> yeah, send them <laughs> These over. Are These yeah. are opinions. These are, that's it is what it is. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> what's the difference between, a, or is there a difference, I should say, between a live application engineer and a studio engineer? Yeah, huge differences. Tell us, please. Um, we had Jason Reynolds here talking about the live aspect, right? Yes. Um, th- this is all my perspective and my opinion, but live, you're, there's no redo, right? There's no second True, time to yeah. go at it. So you're working to make sure everything sounds as good as it can in real time, which to me would be frustrating because I my training and just what I do in the studio, I, I want to like make everybody stop and like, let's do that again. You messed that up kind of thing, which right. is not how live works. I love going to live shows. I just don't want to run them. I just don't have the the nerves for it, I guess. Mm, um, yeah. And the other aspect of uh, live engineers that they have to deal with the amplification. They have to make sure that everybody True. in the house can hear. Ideally, everybody in the house hears as, as uh, clean and as loud and as well-mixed audio as they can right yep um and they're also accommodating the monitor engineers with the uh the what the performers are hearing it's 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 a whole different ecosystem compared think of it as like um the studio is like a musical laboratory where you can get exactly the sounds you're looking for in in a controlled environment right and then the live aspect is yeah, it's like a it's the lab environment versus the field. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's sort of like that. It's like controlled environment. Uncontrolled yeah, it's like driving your car on a on a closed circuit versus doing like a rally race. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Pretty much. Right. You just never know. You just never know. Hmm. <laughs> and you said that you do prefer the studio engineering mixing. Personally, yeah. I I enjoy this ability to travel through time, right? Mm-hmm. So when you're recording, you can rewind and add things. True. And yeah, it's it's just it's a manipulation of recording through time, which I think is is a lot of fun, right? Because then you can record something, and then in hindsight, go, oh, you know what would make this chorus pop? A tambourine. True. And you can go back and add one and then you can take it away. And then you can just, you get to experiment and paint your sounds. Is that considered editing or mixing? That, well, everything has to go together. That's -hmm. that's a production decision, right? Or an instrumentation decision by the artist. That's a musical decision. And then uh, a producer may be the, the person that decides whether that's appropriate or maybe what kind of tambourine and then the engineer is the person that figures out how to mic it and then how to have it in the mix without interfering with other things because it's really easy to just throw a tambourine in there and then you can't hear the lyrics anymore right very true and a live engineer would have to deal with all that in real time while 
a studio engineer can really massage that in and make it the perfect, that sounds funny, but the perfect tambourine. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Which uh, really jazzes up a song. <laughs> yeah. That's what you did there. <laughs> I like that. Even so cowbell. What's the, what's the difference between mixing some, I think I know the answer, but I'd rather hear it from your um, definition. Yeah, not everyone's going to know the answers anyway. So, But a mix and uh, an edit. What would be the difference between mixing a track and editing a track? Okay, so editing is, again, is the ability to go back in time. And let's say that you're a flautist, right? And you're playing the flute, and there's one note that you're a little bit late on, Mm -hmm. right? Um, What we could do is grab that one note, and there's we, we can't make people that sound that aren't good sound good. But if you're a good player and you're just a little bit out of time, we can just move that note over. That would be an example of an edit, mm. right? Um, tuning vocals would be an example of an edit, right? Um, and I don't mean auto tune. I mean um, there's a way to manually tune vocals, which doesn't sound like T Pain, right? Um, it just sounds like a person saying a little bit more in tune. So that would be a type of edit. It's when you think of it as like um, performance enhancement. Mm, that that sounds wrong. Steroids. Yeah, think of it as well. Okay, so back when a uh, time at a studio where bands would get like half a million dollar budgets to go in the studio, mm-hmm. the alternative before there was any significant editing, there was cutting tape and then gluing it together, but that's that's a nightmare. Yikes. Um, you would have people just do it over and over and over and over and over until they got it right one time. Right. Which I think if I think is as 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 organic as somebody editing it a little bit because budgets are lower now and technology is a lot better. So you can do something like that. Mm-hmm. Less time. Yeah. 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 And then mixing is same thing as, as baking, right? right? You get all your ingredients. So if every instrument is an ingredient, you get your drums, that's your eggs, you get yeah. your guitar, that's your butter. And if you just like serve that to somebody, that's not good, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. So we have our baking tools, right? To chop everything up as we need to. Let's say that's the editing, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Then mix it all together and then make sure that the ratios are correct. It's right. not too sweet. Yeah, it's yeah. not too salty. I don't know what it is you're making. Um, you know, the temperature is just right. It's put in the oven on time. It's taken out of the oven on time. You know, things like that. That's the mix. Yeah, that's the mix. That's when you put everything together. That's when you take all those recordings that kind of sound unfinished and right. the process that it takes for it to come out sounding like it should go on the radio or in a movie. That's the mixing part. Okay. And where do you throw mastering into that? So then this is an issue. <laughs> Let's say it's an issue that's really uh, dear to me. And you guys can stop me at any point if I'm no, not here. Um, the word mastering is misleading because it sounds very important. Right. I'm not yeah. saying mastering isn't important, but right. when you hear the word, when people hear you need to get your mixing done and your mastering done, yeah. people immediately assume that mastering is the all important glue to keep everything yeah, together. Like, yeah. Yeah. Used that Master. Context, sure. um, and mix and then they budget huge amounts of money for mastering when really it's not a very expensive process and almost no money for the mixing. It's just confusing um Mixing, when you're thinking of like that magical feeling that mm. professional audio has, that's the mixing, not the mastering right. that really does that. What mastering can help, but what mastering really does is you literally create the master file. Right. Or back in the day, the, the master record or the master CD or the master tape, right? It's 
prepping your finished mix to be as loud and in some ways similar sounding to other professional recordings out there. Right. Okay. So it's just a fit. It's like um, it's like putting the wrapping on your product. Right. Right. It's just a shrink wrapping around your product. Yeah. yeah. That's all it is. It's nothing. I mean, it is very special, and it takes people with special equipment and special ears and special rooms to work on it. And they are also, you can think of mastering as sort of the quality assurance right. stage. Okay. The mastering engineer listens. Maybe if they hear any pops or clicks somewhere, they can clean them out. But the mastering is not the important part. Not only that, this whole remastered business, when mm-hmm. people release music and it says remastered, that is not an accurate name. It's remixed. Right, right. Right. But remix is taken already. Remixed is erroniously taken already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks, right? Diddy. <laughs> Did you start that? I don't know who started around that. Yeah, this whole because it's just people are taking these words that already have meaning and just s- sort of assume that their meanings mean something else. So remastered. So I mean, if you remix something, you have to master it again. Right. Right. But gotcha. it's not remastered. That makes it sound the way it does. It's remixing. It's remixing. Right. They they go back if they have access to the old tapes, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Um, and then they put them hopefully out of the tapes into a computer, and they do a new mix, and then they release that. And of course, with the new master, and then that's called remastered. A remix, like in hip hop, mo- usually, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, that is just remaking the song. Redone yeah, song. Re- yeah. redone. Yeah, the, Could be a different song. your version, time, whatever you want to call it. Cover. True. You can call it a cover. Um, but whatever, I have to accept that's how the world works. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt. I mean, that is one of the big misconceptions, mastering and what it actually entails. What are some yeah. of the other uh, misconceptions you think that people have with sound recording in general? Oh, man, there's so many. Um, that analog is uh, somehow... I would stay away from that one. That one's going to get you beat up. No, no, please. I don't care. Someone's are, like, oh, how dare you disparage analog? <laughs> Well, look, I, I teach audio engineering at a college. This is what I teach my yeah, students. Yeah, yeah. That's one. And some of them huff and puff, and I uh, don't care because I <laughs> because it's just the, the, the science that governs what this is. So, right. yeah, people have this idea, again, uh, and I, I hope I don't hurt anybody's feelings, but very often people too think too that, very often people think that, you know, I'm, I, I, my stuff doesn't sound like the pros. What do the mm-hmm. pros have that I don't have? Oh, they have this $12,000 EQ, mm-hmm. right? Um, EQ would be like in your car, bass, treble, control, only a bit more fancy than that. $12,000 EQ, that must be it. When in reality, the, the person is just really talented um, and now they can afford to buy fun toys. Right. And it's really just, woo, look at all the buttons and the lights. It's not, um, if there was a massive difference before, there isn't one now. And this okay. whole idea, like... There's a lot of purists going all over the place. Like I remember one time we had this, you guys have all heard uh, the words tube, like analog tube, yeah, yeah. tube mic, yeah. tube preamp. I remember one time we had um, this unit here that did not have any tubes in it, but it had this LED light behind an opaque screen. And when you turn it on, it gave this red glow as if there's a tube. No uh, tube. Yeah. And there were dudes in here like, oh, I can really hear that. You really hear that <laughs> tube sound. And then one of them said, they don't make them like they used to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's no like idea. in blind tests, people, very, 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 very few people can tell the difference. It takes a special. Yeah. yeah. So if you really to summarize it, digital, you can make digital audio sound like analog. You cannot make analog audio sound like digital. Mm. Digital audio is 
higher quality with less artifacts and all kinds of distortion. If you like that, you can do that. You can you see me all the time adding uh, um, tape simulation and things like that. Yeah. I like the sound of analog. Right. It's just that there's nothing about digital that can't deliver that sound to you if you do the recording proper. I feel like I'm going way too deep for no, the general. I, I love great. it. I'm learning as you're telling me all this, this shit. Is, it's great. This is great. Very. Do you very like useful. teaching more than actual? Um, mixing tracks or being no, a sound engineer no i really enjoy teaching i started teaching in college mm -hmm. what's that called peer tutoring yeah i right. think uh and i realized that i like it a lot and i i just feel like every time i get to teach the complete basics from zero of audio every year twice at least twice to two different classes if not three and I kid you not every time i teach this really basic stuff i understand it better i learn something new wow wow and it also helps learning how to explain things to people if you work with students, especially ones that are starting from, from zero. Mm -hmm. And in 14 weeks, you, you get them to a point where you can have a real conversation with them about technical things. Then you can definitely take that ability and work with artists better. Right. Right. Yeah. Sure. Artists have a lot of questions. Artists aren't sometimes are not sure about what it is they're doing in the studio. Hence why we're having this conversation. Yeah, right I now. like yeah. I like teaching part time. I would not want it to be my full time job, but I guess time will tell. Yeah. We're kind of busy here. Yeah. What do you yeah. love about, I guess, being an engineer? Um, you get to create. Right. You get to create, and you get to to see something. You know what I love? There's always this part, and I maybe one day it'll go away, but right now I still have when I started to say mix, right? We finish the recording, yeah. the band is gone, or they're sitting and watching. Everything sounds great for an unmixed thing. I'm like, okay, it's time to mix this up and make it sound like it's, you know, Something. made for the stars. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's this, there's always this few hours where it's just not quite right, and you start thinking like, Ugh, this is I'm bad at this. This is not. I can't do this. This is wrong. It's not as good as whatever I listened to yesterday. Yeah. And then at one point you just fiddle around and you keep trying and you keep you know referring back to to your experience and your education. And eventually something clicks in. You're like, oh, it sounds professional now. Mm -hmm. That feeling where like I made that. Uh, yeah, I live for that. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. A lot of fun. So when you're listening to these mixes and you're making adjustments throughout the process. Do you need to give your ears a break? Like, do you start hearing the same thing? You can't tell the difference yes. or anything like that? Well, that's actually one of the things, one of the areas that recording engineers, good ones, are trained at is the ability to keep their objectivity for longer. Mm, I always okay. tell, um, so when I do a mix, I send it to the client to listen to a draft, and then they tell me what they think, and they send it back. And for when I was getting started, they would send me notes and then more notes and then more notes and then more notes. I'm like, what's going on here? And then you start to realize, especially with, with sound, you lose objectivity very quickly, right? If you sure. listen to a song once, then you listen to it twice. And then on the third time, you're like, was that guitar always that loud? Was that vocal like that? Was right. that? And it's like, you, as an engineer, your job is just basically to play things on loop and sort of massage them into place. And at first, it's very difficult because you're like, I don't even know anymore. It's I thought it was too loud. Now I think this part is too quiet. Now I think this thing. But the more you do it, and there are ways to train yourself, there's all kinds of ear training where you can really stay objective for longer. But it is really recommended, you know, at least every sure. hour, if not half an hour, to go and have an ear break. Talk to someone, answer the phone, listen to some music, listen to nothing. Oh, even listening to music can still help you. Other music, especially right, music yeah. that you look up to. 
Oh, okay. You know, sort of palate cleanser like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, still staying on that, using, when you're mixing, I know there's difficulties with, diff- or variations at least with different speakers. Um, can you talk about that? For instance, you're mixing in your studio, you have the sound that you want, and then you take it to your laptop or you take it to your car. I know there's major differences on those speakers. So how do you account for that in your mix? And are there any tools that you know of that you can yeah, use? That's, uh, well, that's really important, and I see where you're going with this. But uh, it's... Um, do you? <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, sound is unique from other media in that the reproduction methods vary so much mm-hmm. from uh, end user to end user. If you're True. making a, a movie, right... Um, at least in modern times, whether you watch it in the big screen or the small screen, reds are going to be reds and yellows are going to be yellows and, and sure. shadows are going to be shadows. And it's like you, you can still watch a feature film on your phone and get the full idea. Maybe some movies look better on a bombastic screen, but things translate pretty well. Now with audio, you get a massive variety of of difference in sound reproduction, right? Sure. You have... Uh, crappy earbuds or small speakers that don't reproduce bass. Right. Um, you have what's called hype systems, hyped with a D. Like, um, sorry, Dr. Dre, I love you, but uh, Beats are a good example of headphones that intentionally add bass. More bass, yep. Yeah, um, which is a problem, right? Because when you're mixing, I mean, it does sound cool and bassy for the end user, but right. when you're mixing something and you're like, okay, so some people have these headphones that are super bassy. Some people have, instead of having a room in their trunk, they have a subwoofer in their trunk, which is sure. even more bassy. Mm-hmm. Some people have um, little Bluetooth speakers with no bass at all. Mm-hmm. You know, some people have headphones with with they vary so much. A yeah, lot, yeah. And uh, you somehow have to create something that sounds good on all those systems. It's a little bit. Uh, it's Imagine. a bit of a juggling act and. One thing, one tool that we really use for that is um, what would be called a flat monitoring system. So okay. flat in the sense that, uh, so like the speakers here in the studio, um, they are not hyped in any way. They, right, okay. they, I mean, there are physical limitations, but they're as close to a flat response as as possible, which with at least at that price point which means that the bass isn't too much but it's also not too little uh, it means okay. that the highs are not too much or not too little it means that these speakers sort of act like a windshield right when you're driving you don't want a warped windshield you want to see where you're going with a straight clean windshield Very um, true. right if you tint it you may think that it's uh darker outside darker outside right if if my speakers are too um don't have enough uh, high frequencies right. in them, which would be called darker if there's not a lot of highs. Gotcha. I may crank the highs and then everywhere else it would hurt your ears because everything would be like, you know, right. like really. So having a flat listening system is very important. Um, and also switching between speakers is very important. So a lot of engineers have multiple speaker sets. And that I know that sounds silly, like what you already have speakers, but right. one speaker set, you'd be like, this sounds great. And then you switch to another, you're like, Oh, what's going on with my bass? You yeah, know, right. it's too much or too little or something. And then you go back. Some 
some people swear by their cars because you drive in your car all the time. Yeah. And if you know what things are supposed to sound like on there, you listen to your favorite records on there and you know what they sound like in your car, then you can put on whatever you're working on and see if that sounds close. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like the mix is perfect here. And then I go to the car, I'm like, how this is wrong. Right. Right. And then you get back here with, uh, with a new perspective on what you need to do. Um, mm. So yeah, lis- listening is uh, key. Is prob- it's key, it's problematic, and it's, it's always um, <laughs> my idol uh, recording engineer, John Bailey, who just won a Juno, oh, nice. uh, once said to me that um, a mix is uh, a disappointment you and the artist can agree on. <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> it's funny, never because yeah. you'll always find uh, a reproduction system, a speaker system, where you're like, "This is garbage. How did I make this?" Wow. Right? But yeah, you just try to make it sound as good as you can and as many places as you can. When do you yeah. say I'm done? Like, is there like, do you have like when do you finally listen to it and go, "Okay, you know what? It's ready to present to the client or to the artist." When I feel like I'm not making it any better. Look, we all have a. a a skill level and right. I'm aware hopefully as much as anybody else that there's room to grow yeah and I feel like every time I reached the top of my abilities and hopefully I push it a little bit higher but once you reach the top of your abilities for that moment you know either you release it or you wait another half a year till you get better or you keep working on it and you make it worse mm. Mm-hmm. So I've kind of made peace with that. And once I'm like, this is done, it's done. I don't listen to it and cringe or I'm like, all right, that's that's how it sounded back then. That was my sound. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Are there things that you hear now that you wouldn't have heard like even a couple of years ago? I know oh, yeah. you say like, 100%. The I know this for hear fact. what you can hear, right? Oh, absolutely, yeah. So is that a part of your, I guess, deciding when a mix is finished as well? So Sorry, I hear, hear like in my work or hear... In your work, in your mixes. Yeah, if I listen to something from even half a year ago, I'm You'll like, hear. oh, yeah, okay. Um, but yeah, but really sort of for my own, kind of like how you're talking about your regiment, it's just for my own psyche, Right. I've, I've learned to just accept it. Mm, you know, that's, you. that's just the sound of that record now. And gotcha. they sound good. I, you know, it's just you always want it to be better. Um, and you always learn new tricks and you get new pieces of equipment that inspire you to do different things. I, I will say that analog equipment, one thing it does do well is it inspires, mm-hmm. right? If you get a new microphone, you it's like a paintbrush. You right. want to point it at different things and see what it sounds like. And then you might learn something and be like, oh, I wish I could have done this on the last record I worked on. Um, you have to be happy and move on. Right. I don't think that's just for audio. Anything gotcha. you're doing, if you keep on sitting on one thing for too long, you're just going to start hating yourself and your Obsessed project it, and you yeah. won't get better. Sure. Make it as good as you can at that time. Recognize that it's not your best going forward, but it is your best right now. Right. And move on. And of course, if the client is happy. Right. Of right? Course, if yeah. they're not happy, then that's a non-starter. <laughs> that's, uh, that's amazing. I mean, you say sound engineer is a sound scientist. From, from this talk, I mean, you've killed it. Sounds more like an art form to me. I call you an artist, sir. Thank you. It's, it's you. an art science. I, I really do think that it's like because because yeah. an artist goes I don't know if you've ever seen um this is is it this is it with Michael Jackson yeah yep. so after Michael Jackson died they released his rehearsal footage yeah yeah where 
he says things to his sound guys like, no, 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 I want it basking in the moonlight, right? <laughs> and, I'm not going to say anything there. Yep, yep, right? Was that close? Yeah, that was pretty close. So uh, I'm not mad at you. Just, I, I want it basking in the moonlight. And then... Uh, <laughs> that was better. <laughs> and, uh, and then the engineer's like, basking in the moonlight, got it, beep, boop. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a music scientist, yeah, right? Yeah. You're, you're trying to evoke emotion with electrical tools, right? Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. And it's I, I find it so fascinating. There's like, here's the button I press to make you cry. Yeah. That's yeah. the torture button. But I also have one for audio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or like, here's the button I press to make things sound bassy. And it's usually much more than the button, but you get the point. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. You want a certain feeling. You tell me what that feeling is. Or I come up with it. And then I go in and or engineers in general go in and make that feeling happen same with same thing with filmmaking right how do you make it seem like two people on camera are having a fight right or like that something's wrong true you turn one technique is uh have them sit apart like too far or tilt the the like frame your shot with a bit of a tilt right and that at least in humans evokes a certain emotion right right Interesting, right? yeah. Music yeah. in the background. Yeah, depending on the type of music, depending right. on the type of sound, depending on whether you include, you know, the footsteps or if you exclude them, which just feels surreal to people. There are, are hmm. there are measurable ways to evoke emotion, emotion in art. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I love that. In I art. think that's a lot of fun. I love that too. That's incredible. Man, this has been a lot of fun. We've learned tons. I think we got to do a part two. There's a lot more questions that we have for you. But I guess in closing, could you just give us some advice or give young engineers coming up behind you some advice? What should they be working on, listening to? Um, I would usually recommend go to school for this. And there's a really good argument for not needing a school for this. And mm -hmm. of course, yeah. I think... Three of my top five producers, Timbaland, Stephen Wilson, and Imogen Heap, didn't go to school for engineering. Right. So you yeah. can do it without it, but you it's much more difficult uh, to do, at least for me. I don't know. Some people just, maybe Anthony can just figure it out. You're right. a different kind of guy. For me, I needed the, the framework of a good school. Uh, there are a lot of fraudulent schools out there, uh, so be careful. Yeah, uh, do your research. And but with COVID, I don't know if you want to do those online things. There are a lot of online courses. Uh, can I mention like actual ones? Like that are good. I? Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, there's actually, you know what? For total beginners, there's something called the Slate Academy by Slate Digital. Wow. Um, you pay in and you get both lessons from huge names in the industry like grammy award winners nice. uh and you get the plug-in so they show you on on the screen like they give you the tracks okay they give you the same tools that they have and then they just show you like okay i'm using this plug-in on this track and i'm doing this this and that and you can do it at home you can follow along okay. all nice. in one kind of package so yeah. These wow. days, I would recommend something else if there wasn't a pandemic, but these days I think that kind of all-in-one lesson, there's Groove 3, there's Slate Academy, and there's a few other ones that I haven't verified, so I'm not going to mention if they're good or not. Yeah. Um, practice. You have a laptop or get a laptop, or some people even can make music on their phones, and it's tape used to be expensive. It's free now. Just right. keep trying and making shit over and over and over until one day... It won't be shit anymore. <laughs> That's, That's a good point. That's it's awesome. It's just time and practice. 
Thank you so much, man. Appreciate um, it. I mean, they hear it all the time. We know where you work, but just give a shout out to the MPL. And I guess your socials, if did. anyone wants to follow you. Uh, even your personal account. Let them find you. Hey, DM me, ladies. <laughs> uh, so it's uh, both our Facebook and our Instagram is the MPL Toronto. T-H-E-M-P-L-T-O-R-O-N-T-O. Spelling is hard. Nailed it. Uh, our website is the-mpl.com, uh, where we have a lot of information about music and film and everything else. And I guess my social is at Matt Kesselman. If you want to see pictures of weird signs, I don't really take too many <laughs> selfies or anything like that. Perfect. <laughs> thank you, man. Appreciate thank you, guys. You, thank you. Yeah, thanks for the questions. I enjoyed answering them. For sure. All right, boys. Till next time. Stop recording. Adios. <laughs> Big kiss. As a podcaster, you know that great content is only half the battle. The other half is finding the right hosting platform to reach your audience. That's where Captivate comes in. With unlimited podcasts, advanced analytics, and personalized support, Captivate has everything you need to grow your audience and monetize your show. Join the thousands of successful podcasters just like us who trust Captivate for their hosting needs. Visit dnaairwaves.com slash Captivate today to start your free trial.